Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. St. Patrick, pray for us. Blessed Stanley Rother, pray for us. Father Kelly here with Spirit and Swagger. Good to be recording again. I did not mean to be gone so long, but that's what happens. April 30th, I went and did a baptism for some friends, and I had something recorded for that weekend, but it turns out to be crap. I had the microphone set wrong. I didn't like what I said anyway, so it's like, I'll do it the next day. But then the next day became the next week, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, various crises at the parish and pastoral ministry that had to be taken care of. So it just didn't happen, okay? But here we are now. Uh, also, I had... This topic is rather a hefty one, and I couldn't figure out where to go with it. And honestly, just today, like 20 minutes ago, it finally landed how to talk about this. And so, here we are. What it is, is a rather uncomfortable theory that I have, that anytime you see a young man who's restless and problematic in a way, it's because he's meant to be a priest. That's what I think. Sometimes you see somebody who's in trouble with the law or or living out in some way, acting out in some dramatic way. I always think, you know what? Maybe that guy was meant to be a priest. Maybe that energy he has that's going in the wrong place should have been somewhere much, much better. Now, that's probably not always true, but I think there's a certain sense, well, honestly, this uh, vocation requires a certain boldness and a certain um, level of, you might say, radical commitment. So when I see somebody who has gone to a radical length in doing stupid stuff or bad things, I think, you know, maybe that's that that, um, not intuition, but that desire misapplied. I don't think it's a necessarily a wrong thing, um, but the difficulty of talking about it right now is that it applies, I think, to the very sticky and difficult situation of the shootings that we've had lately. I do not intend to get into gun law stuff, though I can say comfortably, I heard that um, one of the shooters recently bought an assault rifle and used it the next day. That seems stunning. Who needs to immediate access to assault rifles? Like, we don't need that. But anyways, I don't want to go into that stuff because I don't know how to speak about what legal things should be. I'm not a law expert or even have intuition for that stuff at all. But I do have intuition about how people work. And so to apply that principle of, well, people that go off, especially young men, which these shooters often are, to apply that principle, I think we have to ask, what if those young men who turned a gun on people in Buffalo and Uvalde, Texas, and... Tulsa was a bit different, but still, we could ask the same question there too. What if those men should have been priests? What if they should have been living out that same, honestly, the word zeal kind of applies, but in a negative way, what if that same zeal should have been lived for the salvation of souls 
not the violent ending of life? That's a super uncomfortable question. I do not mean at all that any way that they behaved as they ended up behaving was any way priestly whatsoever. I, well, I guess you could say if a priest is meant to bring God into the world, they were priestly in an evil sense. They brought evil into the world and were sort of a, a, a channel or a funnel for evil. That's a very unhappy way to think about the priesthood in a negative sense. What I mean, though, is that especially those, again, those young men who get uh, isolated, radicalized, and act out of loneliness and despair, what if they were meant to do, instead of a great evil, a great good? Well, what went wrong? Somehow, at some point, they were allowed to get to the way that they were. Not like, you know, someone enabled them. Well, maybe someone did, but I don't mean that. I just mean, no one arrives at the point where you think a shooting is the solution just accidentally. Uh, we always treat these things like, oh my gosh, it was totally just out of nowhere. No, it wasn't. No one contemplates shooting up a school or a hospital or a grocery store just on a whim one day. It is a slow progression of a spiraling in a negative direction, and no one stops it. No one intervenes in friendship, in care, in love, in community. That's where it goes wrong. And so uh, the comfortable question we have to ask about these sort of situations from just a a social level is, you know, not to wring our hands, you know, guns certainly have a part to play in it. I'm not opposed to gun laws. Um, But also, how do we end up with people who are lonely, isolated, and radicalized? I got to think that if these people had good, authentic friends in their lives, this wouldn't happen. People who are happy and content and have good relationships don't do these kinds of things. They don't, because they don't need to resort to that. But it's those folks who we let, because it's uncomfortable, to break into someone else's life and be a real friend, we just let them go and, oh, he was just quiet and he was nice and, you know, we, we let them be. Well, we're not meant to be just isolated and to let be. We're meant to be in community. We're meant to be in the part of the body of Christ. So, for all of, you know, not getting to the to the vocation priesthood part that I started out with yet, but just in a general sense, you know, maybe someone is an introvert. I'm not saying everyone has to be besties with everybody. In fact, that's not probably good either. But everyone, everyone should have close, authentic friendship. No one should be content with just being the isolated loner. That's not how human life is meant to be. We don't have to have 55 friends. We can't have 55 friends. Maybe we only have five or three. They need to be good, authentic friends who care about us and want the best for us. That's how we find true happiness. And in that more specific context, that's how we discern our vocation. So, again, to the uncomfortable question, what if these young men in the most recent shootings and and the so many that have happened before, what if 
it was their vocation in God's original plan that they encountered true friendship, encountered the true gospel, found a place, the priesthood maybe, or some other life lived for a good purpose, where they could fulfill that obvious zeal and intentionality that they did have. What if they could take that energy, what if they would have had the chance, what if someone gave them the opportunity to take that energy that they had, that, that desire to do something profound, and give it to something positive, not something negative. If you're someone listening to this, especially a, a young man listening to this, and you feel those senses of isolation, loneliness, radicalization, you know, you can probably sense it if you get are getting really into weird online stuff that five years ago you would have thought was just crazy. Step back. Seek out help. It could be psychological, it could be a counselor, but if you don't just have like normal friends, start with that. You know, I know that there's a lot of junk people out there, sorry to say it that way, who are not good friends. Look for good friends. Find them. Don't let yourself dwell more and more into difficulties and loneliness and isolation. Stay away from pornography, too. That's a great way to become isolated and ruin your relationships. If you need help, talk to a priest, talk to a counselor, get out of that. That's not how we're meant to live. Uh, it separates us from reality. Let us, A, support other people who may be lonely, who may be in despair. A great way to do that is to, if you're in loneliness and despair, seek out others who may be loneliness and despair and turn away from that together. And then even beyond that, once you find real friendship, once you seek out that first level of goodness, truth, and beauty, maybe, just maybe there's something even beyond that. Maybe a vocation to serve others in an even more profound way, to bring them the goodness of God in the holy priesthood. That is a profound statement. That is how you make a difference. That's how, if there's that energy there, put it somewhere in an awesome, positive way. Often society makes fun of, you know, offering thoughts and prayers for these things like shootings. And kind of they should, because a lot of people offer thoughts and prayers with no real anything. If you're going to say you're going to offer thoughts, well, that doesn't do much. If you're going to say you're going to offer prayers, get on your knees and pray. Actually break out the rosary beads. Go to Mass, something like that. Actually pray. Don't just say thoughts and prayers. Don't let the stereotype exist in a negative sense. Actually pray and actually follow through with making a good change. Very often when we pray, God says, okay, I hear you. I'm going to give you grace in this. But it's going to require action on your part. Maybe it does mean we support some changes in laws that we don't like, but for the good of other people. Maybe it means we have the courage to reach out to somebody who's struggling. Maybe that's what that prayer actually does. It motivates us to do. God's grace works that way. In all of this, I know I'm speaking generally. I know I'm speaking broadly, but I don't think I'm off base. We have to sometimes ask uncomfortable questions and I'm going to make it a really uncomfortable one and that can motivate us what if those young men who've done these horrible things should have been priests 
and we failed to reach out to them, and that's how they got where they are. Let us not let that happen anymore. Let us build true relationships, authentic friendships, help others, ourselves included, to seek the Lord. And in that, we can find our true vocation, our true happiness, and avoid great evil.